Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. I'm ready for some (laughs) brutal fighting and punching people in the face, but have all the stuff that they were going to make it fun digitally edited out so that it's (laughs) PG-13 and more acceptable for everybody to watch. Yes, if you were uncertain to begin with, we are doing the review of the new DCEU film, Black Adam. Adam, Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting ride. It's been a little while since we've had uh, had one to review. It's been a few months. And... Yeah, one that is in the theater that yeah. I was actually able to go see when it was released. Um, and a DC property. Right. We're so used to doing the other, you know, Marvel things and whatnot that uh, a little change of pace, I guess you could say. Yeah, definitely so. Now, for those of you that do not remember, just a brief reminder that when we review these, uh, we will do so in two pieces. One little smidgen, one little bite size. That is a spoiler-free general idea of what we thought about the film, followed by... An autopsy. Uh, uh, we're going to cut this thing open and just look at all of the pieces uh, and give them individual scores that are going to potentially arrange themselves to a, a top score of 100. They could be. It's never happened, but it's possible. Or With some spoiler bits in there, too. So, right, you know, right. cover up your ear parts if you don't want to hear some of the, the details. Absolutely. And so... Uh, you know, just we're going to jump into it, but obviously we'll talk about every little bit and uh, and we'll do our best to be fair and, and even, well, probably not. We're going to be extraordinarily biased and <laughs> Judge, judgmental. <laughs> That's yes, right. Absolutely. Uh, definitely. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's just get to it. What do you think? Is this something that should be seen in the theaters? Something that we should wait for it on streaming service or get on Blu-ray or something that we should skip altogether, Richard? Well, let's put this in a couple different perspectives. If you are a fan of The Rock, Mr. Dwayne Johnson, then this is definitely one of his better things. Yeah, go see it in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think if you like comic book movies, period, if you like DC comic book movies, this is one of the better ones that you will see. It's fun. It's entertaining. doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, So if you got the 12 bucks, go and see it in the theater. Yeah, or even like one of the cheaper matinees. They, yep. they, they knock a little percentage off. I agree. I think the theater really lends a little something to this because it's it's supposed to be a spectacle. And it's fun. I mean, it's, it, I think it's worth a, a view in the theaters if you enjoy this kind of film. If this is more of I'm only going because my 13-year-old wants to see it, <laughs> well, maybe – Maybe uh, just uh, go ahead and grab it on Blu-ray or something because it'll be on streaming soon enough. Maybe, depending upon what Warner Brothers does with their properties yeah. going forward. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was worth a, worth a watch. Um, now, the DC Universe has not had, let us say, the most uh, successful of outings thus far. But the corner of it that has kind of done the best has been like the Shazam property is one of them that that did really well in 
in the the reviews and did really well in terms of how people reacted to it. Seemed to make some money enough for a sequel that was going to come out in December, but it's now going to be in March. Yeah. Um, the traditional what do they call them? Tent poles. Right. Is that a thing? It is. Um, let's say your Superman's, your Batman, Wonder Woman have kind of gone their separate ways. We got a really good Joker movie, which has nothing to do with this universe. Getting a sequel. We got a a really inter, interesting, entertaining Batman movie, which is not part of this thing. Yeah. Also going to get a sequel. We got a Wonder Woman movie that was you know, pretty, pretty good. Solid. And then another one that was pretty awful. <laughs> it's getting another one. Uh, an Aquaman that was okay. It was okay. It's getting a sequel. So we're getting a lot of faces from what you would think of as the, quote, you know, Justice League, right? Like the, that main body of people. We got a Justice League movie that was awful. Pretty awful. Um, but they had the super long fix, which was less awful. Yeah. Um, it A good... A good about face in a certain sense from what the original presentation was of it. Uh, they're still in development. Uh, it, it, there's a Green Lantern TV show that will be on HBO Max eventually. So that that's still going to happen. Uh, there, there's all these things that kind of revolve around the core. But now all of a sudden, what do we have? A movie about... Um, what do, you, what do you call him? Well, the way they presented him here, he's kind of an anti-hero. Uh, the way he is in the comics, he is not an anti-hero. He's just not good. He's not exactly a full villain, but he is um, certainly not exactly somebody you would root for in the traditional sense. We'll get more into that a little bit, I think, uh, when we when we start really picking things apart. But uh, let's let's start. Um, well, let's start at the beginning. Um, now, I know uh, the director is one of your favorites. What's this guy's name again? Jim Smith. <laughs> um, I'm going to let him Yom. say it. Is it a soft J? I don't know. Well, okay, so this particular person. He's from uh, Spain. Was from Spain. So his name obviously has a lot of. Spanish influence. Uh, I took French in high school, so um, that person is. I I don't think. Do you pronounce? You don't pronounce the J, do you? I don't think so. I think you're, it looks like Wam Colette Sarah. Mm, I like that. Yeah, uh, that was what I got, and uh, I ran out of time to verify it. So, <laughs> okay, so it's spelled J A U M E, and I think that's. We'll go with that. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to stick with it. But uh, he's had some, he's had some pretty big movies. He's, he's been a part of. Um, I mean, he's, he's produced just uh, a handful of films, but he's also directed uh, a good number as well. So, like House of Wax, which was, I kind of like that one. I mean, in terms of, it's not a like a highbrow sort of thing. It's just here's, here's a horror film. But it, what a bad horror film, an orphan. I seem to remember people liking that film pretty well. So he's had some success. What about the Enrique Iglesias uh, music video that he did in the 90s? 
Yeah, that's. I wasn't going to go there. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty long time ago, and you know, it was his first credit that he's got out. Right, there. right. But uh, I mean, he directed Jungle Cruise. I don't know if that was any good. <laughs> well, that that was another uh, Dwayne Johnson. It was movie, a Disney movie. So he's got some experience with the actor, which is actually a good thing. It allows you to kind of already have some some familiarity and some comfort, and uh, you know, it helps the uh, the working go better. Yeah, and and I think in terms of what we're looking at here with this movie, uh, and I touched on it briefly, is that this really isn't the director's vision for this movie. What what we got in the theater. Uh, most likely we will get that later on as a digital release. So uh, mid December, maybe isn't it? It's like 45 days, 40 some days that they usually push them to HBO max. So maybe mid December we'll get an extended version. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I thought I read some snippets that they had to trim quite a bit to get it down to the PG 13. Right rating and truthfully if you're going to present black adam in the correct way he is not a pg-13 character but that was never going to happen in the way this this system is so i have a feeling that he did everything that he could to put his vision into it but also to appease the studios and to create you know what needed to happen to come up on the screen yeah and and there's a lot of faces and there's a lot of things going on there's a lot of um inconsistencies story-wise or like bad storylines or cheesy things. But you also have to remember that you're directing a, a larger than life personality, oh, right? Yeah. That has to be toned down in a certain sense for this. So I, I think he did fine. Yeah. I, I think he did all right too. Uh, let's see what the computer says. Jauma. <laughs> okay. I wasn't I wasn't anywhere near correct on that pronunciation. Jauma. Okay. So uh, I mean I, I thought I thought you had a good go at it. You know? <laughs> it wasn't no, it wasn't. It, it was my normal just massacre of a name. Yauma. I mean it's got right there too. Maybe there's just depends on Maybe. your your influence if you're from you know, Spain, if you're from Mexico, if you're from somewhere in South America, maybe it is pronounced differently. Yeah, it might be. But it's the equivalent of James. Oh, okay. It's very nice. So right. when you did your Spanish class when you were in high school and you picked a name uh, for your name to be Spanish, you could have been James in, in Spanish. That's right. Um, no, I, that has nothing to do with anything. I, a little off subject. Couldn't help it, though. Um, yeah, I, I thought he did fine for, for what it is. I don't think... Um, well, first of all, you know, like we talk about sometimes going into a film, we can be tainted by the, the work that the, the director has done. I was not familiar enough with this individual. I mean, I knew what he had directed, but I had not seen them. <laughs> so I had no expectations. Yeah, going I, just, into it. I was just hoping this wasn't some cheesy rock action film, let's say Skyscraper, Rampage, um the earthquake one yeah any you just list them off yeah whatever they were yeah but it wasn't nope 
That's pretty solid. So for me, I think he did a pretty good job with all that stress, all those different people all wanting different things. Out of a potential score of 15, I'd give him a 12. I was similar. I did an 11. Pretty. I think that's pretty fair. Um, now, as far as the um, as far as the cast goes, I was really happy with the casting. Um, this this cast is ridiculous in a lot of different ways. Um, I mean, obviously, The Rock is The Rock. We don't have to talk much about him. I mean, he's he's kind of iconic at this point, and you're either going to like him or you're not. And I fall in the realm that more often than not, I'm going to like him. Even if the film is bad, I'm usually going to like him in it because his personality just shines through. So that's a great, great choice generally. I was a little, just maybe a smidgen concerned about the choice of him for Black Adam because in my mind, I know the Black Adam character. It's like, ooh, The Rock can, I don't know if he can do that. I don't know if he has that kind of depth to, to hit that, that level. Uh, and then I just had to remind myself, oh, wait, it's DCEU, so it's not going to really be Black Adam. Not going to be the correct representation. Well. The watered-down version. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was concerned because if you watch the trailer, there's the one scene where it's he got smashed into the wall, and then he has to stand up and push my chest out, and like the dust is falling around him. Like the, the cheesiest, most typical shot that you can get in any type of movie where someone has had something happen to them but now it's mm, here are my muscles and I'm going to stand up and be tall and I, I thought that that's how the rest of the movie was going to be presented so that's when I saw the trailer and I had you that I was nervous. like oh my gosh okay this is going to be bad although funny thing is that part actually is something that character would do because he's he's about intimidation so if if uh, he will just show you that what you did meant absolutely nothing. Yes, he would cheese that out for sure. So that didn't bother me as much. I thought, oh, maybe, maybe. And then the thing where they he catches the rocket and goes into the 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 vehicles, like, oh, well, it also looks like they're going to be kind of goofy with it too. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, because if you're I guess what's the target audience, right? You, you got to be more broad with the target audience. And if you're going to have a dude who's like, doesn't really care and feels like murdering everybody, that's not really no. the PG. That's not the audience, I'm going to no. guess. So, no, very much not. But the big surprise for me when I found out about the, the casting, one, one casting member that got me excited, but also. Got my eyebrow raising like I was the rock, uh, was uh, Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, Carter Hall. Um, he, to my knowledge, had not really done a character of that temperament uh, before. Uh, and I, I really like him as an actor. He's in one of my favorite shows, uh, and, and that being Leverage and, and now Leverage Redemption. Uh, he's been great in that, and he's been in a number of other things too, um, and has been solid in all of them. Um, so it's just kind of one of those things where, okay, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what they do with this because I would never have thought about casting him as Hawkman because, you know, I grew up in comics. He doesn't 
remind me of Hawkman, not because of skin tone. I mean, that's what most people think. It's like Hawkman's always been white. No, but physically. Temperament. Or... Temperament and physicality. Hawkman's a big dude. And I was like, oh, can can all this kind of present that kind of physicality uh, and the temperament together? It, I don't know. I've never seen it. What What is his character in Leverage? Uh, he plays uh, uh, a tech guy that does not like to fight. <laughs> there you go, right there, right? So, so it's a 180, 100%. Uh, so it's, uh, and he's kind of comedic in his presentation. So very, very likable in that show. Yeah. And this one for sure, he was very kind of one direction, right? In a certain sense, like very serious, very confident in in, in a sense. I think he pulled it off. So, I mean, whoever decided this is the guy that was going to do it, they, they clearly saw something and uh, that was, that was great. I, I liked that casting quite a bit. Uh, and of yeah, course, he did well. Anytime you get Pierce Brosnan, I mean, I know you're a fan of the 007s. Correct. Um, but he's been on a ton of things. I loved his, uh, I've loved pretty much anything Pierce Brosnan's ever done. Um, so that, that top three, awesome. Yeah, really, really well um, presented to us as you know, audience members. And, the, the thought process, too, which kind of in, in a comic book movie like this, when you have somebody that just always has a mask on or has a helmet on or, or whatever, you're not going to see their face. So there has to be some type of balance in presenting that person's face so that you can see their expressions and, and whatever. You know, um, you can do that in Deadpool, right? Yes. Uh, and you can make the eyes move. You can do that to in Spider-Man because you can make the... Eyes it's a cl- it's a cloth mask, and you can kind of sort of suspend your disbelief that they would change size somehow. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so to have your one of the biggest stars that we've had, you know, for the last, uh, you know, since his before his Bond days, after his Bond days, forty years, wear a completely, you know, metal helmet where you do not get to see him. And honestly, a lot of those scenes, it wasn't him, right? He just just, just did the voiceover. Um, That kind of plays against how that character would actually act in the comics. So there has to be some type of balance so that you can see his wonderful face. Now, you can't just have it with those three. They they had to have the the other group around them. You got uh, Noah... Centineo as uh, Adam Smasher. Um, I was not real familiar with his work up until this point, but he's been in quite a bit of stuff. Um, going back to 2009 uh, in terms of what we see on on, on the IMDb's. Yeah, uh, quite a few items. But, I mean, he I thought that was a, a fun secondary character casting. Um, Part of the comic relief. A little bit. Uh, you got uh, uh, Quintessa Swindell. Uh, she's not been in a ton of stuff. She's very new, but she's she's got a great look. She was, uh, for the time that she was given, I think, you know, she did what she needed to do. The character wasn't super important. <laughs> Neither was Adam Smasher for the most part. No, but they gave, they just presented another face in a certain sense you know a lot of times in these movies the, the studios want 
more. Right. And this was the attempt to put more in. That was not distracting. No. Uh, but gave you not a lot of substance. No. They hinted. But as far as castings go, yeah. really solid. Good. Uh, now, if any of you watch this film, you go, man, the person that... Uh, the person that played Adriana is like, she seems familiar. There's a reason. Uh, Sarah Shahi has been in so much stuff. Lots of stuff. And since. she's been great in so much of it. I mean, she if you watch TV, you've seen her at some point. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, TV, movies, you know, a little bit of everything, you know. Uh, God, I don't remember the first thing I saw her in. It was a long time ago because she's been in so stinking many things. Yeah, but I mean, she had big parts in the L Word and Life. Life was an interesting show, and she had a great part on that one. Uh, but she had a recurring uh, part on Alias, which was real popular for a long time. So I mean, just all in all, just tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff. And she's always really solid. She did she did a good job in this too. Um, had to be flanked by the the actor that played her son, uh, Bodhi uh, Sabangui, I hope. <laughs> yes, Bodhi. Is that where you where you go? Bodhi. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes more sense. I like I like that. He's not been in much, but he's got uh, he's got some charisma to him. He did pretty good for the film. You know, he needed to be bright and clear in the front, and he was able to do that. And, about it yeah <laughs> i mean what i mean let, let's be honest with ourselves what do you expect all right it, it's hard like if if you are a child actor it's hard because yeah. you, you if you have experience hey good for you but you, you know it, it's hard to present a character uh well and if you can it's i, I just feel like there are a lot of actors, actresses out there of many ages, but when you're young, you can tell the ones that are good and the ones that are like aren't. And I'm not so sure about it. We'll see though. We'll see. I I'm I'm giving him more than the benefit of the doubt because I think he has some good charisma. Because there are a couple scenes that would not have worked if he didn't have just a little bit of charisma coming through. The initial scene where they're at the checkpoint with the van and he's got to go through. That was on him. That that whole scene was on him, and it worked fine. Mm-hmm. It just got, and maybe it was the lines that he had to, to give and the things that he had to do just seemed overly cheesy, and he just added to the cheesiness to me. Um, I, kn- I know one scene that's probably affecting you, but we're not going to get to that point until we get to the writing. Writing and plot. Yeah, but uh, I'm, because there is a scene that he features prominent in that is just total butt. I mean, it is god awful, but we'll get there, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we're not doing video on this, so there was a little visual on that that that, that you're not going to see, but it's it's all right. Uh, and the last person I want to mention personally, uh, well, next last person I will mention is uh, Marwan Kanzari, who played the villain. Uh, he's been in quite a bit of stuff recently too, and he's been solid. In everything that he's been, he was great in the old guard. Um, I didn't like Aladdin, 
but I thought he did okay in it for what he had to do. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, and based on your review, that made me want to see it even less. Um, now, I, I know it's a musical, yeah. and this and that and the other. I get it. Okay, it just didn't look good. So I, No, yeah. it really wasn't, and it has nothing to do with the actors. It's just, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the only other person I want to bring up which was just the nicest little surprise to see, was Henry Winkler. <laughs> yes, on a screen. Right. <laughs> the original Adam Smasher Smasher. I love I love just the fact they got him just for a minute. It's like, what do I need to do? Well, you're not even really going to be in the studio. We're uh, going to have you on your phone just kind of <laughs> talk a little bit. How much do I get paid? A lot. Okay, cool. Let's that do works it. for me. Um, there is uh, one person that I would like to bring up because uh, he had a lot of – FaceTime, uh, Mohammed Amir. Oh yeah. Uh, in this one, he was the the brother, the uncle, uh, the wore the glasses, drove the van, was the worked on electrical things. He was the other part, the other side part that was the quote comic relief, uh, and, and he did he did really well with his part. And I was I was also speaking. Uh, briefly to Ken about it too. He's got a series that's on Netflix right now. That's kind of I'm thinking based loosely on his life growing up, where he was born in Kuwait, I think, and then had to get out of there when the war happened, and he came to the United States. And it's a he does really good in that series. It's a fun series. So I was already familiar with him. And he did good in this one too, so I wanted to yeah. just mention it. Yeah, he, he had some good uh, had some good charisma as well. But uh, I guess I should mention, even if it was only briefly, we did get to see uh, the prolific Jimon uh, Hanso. <laughs> That's true. He was the wizard for just a little bit, just um, for a minute. Also, if we if you watched um, oh the. Gosh, I can't think of it. So she was in Suicide Squad, and then she was in um, the TV show uh, reprising her role in, gosh, why, why my, my brain's not working right now, Peacemaker. And then she showed up briefly in the underwater place in this movie, too. Yeah, she did. So... I think they're trying to build in a bit of continuity between some of those projects. Yeah, and we did get to see uh, we did get to see that with uh, what's her name as well. That reply. Oh, uh, Amanda. Yeah, the character. I the mean, character. Yeah, the... You got to see her again. Holler, um, Amanda Waller. I mean. Amanda Waller. Um, yeah. yeah, Viola. Anytime you get to see Viola Davis, just for a minute, is always good because she's great. But uh, yeah, so I mean. Come on, that cast, pretty stellar. I mean, little to no weakness and some good casting choices, and I think they fit well. For me, that's a 17 out of 20. I think I did, yes, 16 out of 20. So, you know, solid. We're kind of within the same realm-ish. Let's, let's see if we can keep it up. We'll do one more category before we take a brief break to talk about something different. Uh, let's go into the costuming. Um. Now, I was actually pretty dazzled on this. I didn't have too many problems with the costuming. Uh, Hawkman's costume, fantastic. Freaking phenomenal. Well, 
the the actual character right has actual wings right and that's a hard thing to present it is so the fact that they made them like not okay not nanobots right but something that was constructed in a similar fashion Mm -hmm. uh same thing with his mask and then you know the thing that he he wore it was almost like the, the the stirrups with the straps so like even those parts were presented, you know, very, very nicely as well. Talk about the nth metal. Yeah, it, they only mentioned it briefly. One line. <laughs> but, and they weren't even talking about his armor. No. Or they were talking about the, the plane that they were flying around. Right. In. But still, it presented pretty well. I thought that was a great costume. Adam Smasher could have come across exceptionally badly because that that costume from the comics would not really translate very well, I wouldn't think, to live action. But somehow it did. It looked fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I, I think my thought is you have to do that person digitally and you have to make that person a huge digital person. So to have them be a face probably would have looked like garbage right so have them be the the mask i believe it cool good you know change change the mask maybe a little bit and it has had like the white eyes so kind of it kind of looked like a a deadpool mask a little bit okay fine great i I thought that i thought that worked um i don't remember cyclone's outfit looking like what they presented in the in the um in the movie but i liked it I thought it had some nice color to it. It had a really good flow. Um, I I liked that pretty well as well. Um, It's hard to mess up Dr. Fate because he's only got two colors. (laughs) His his design of his outfit is pretty simple. I don't know if I liked the removal of the eyes from the helmet. Um, Yeah, I was wondering that. Now, it looked like it had taken some damage previously so right. it showed some wear and tear um that was fine um if you looked real close and i don't know if you ever noticed it his the actual blue of the uniform that they had on had the little symbols all over it right uh, so that was a nice little touch added in there to give it some give it some texture um so all in all, the the thing. Well, we haven't even asked, uh, talked about the Black Adam suit. Yeah, I left that for last for on purpose for me. So a lot of the other things, though, I just thought were very. The rest of it was okay. Just yeah, very okay, right? Uh, nothing that stood out, but nothing that was. You know, sometimes when you watch a movie, you're like, oh, that. That prop, like that's, uh, they didn't do a good job cleaning that up, or you know, like there, there was times when we were watching the some of the other movie cast. We we mentioned it with the Black Widow movie, like the little cuff things that she had <laughs> were like really bad. So I, I didn't see any blemishes like that in, no. in terms of the costumes or the props. Well, they did good. I, and as far as Black Adam's costume, I liked it at first. I liked because you know. Black Adam's costume is black. It's supposed to be black. It's not supposed to be dark blue, which is what it ended up at the end of the film. Don't try and make it look a little more like the rest of the Shazam family. Keep it black because it's black. 
maybe it was midnight, just like what Apple's doing. No, no, that's uh, Apple's makes its own stupid decisions uh, <laughs> in terms of naming. Yeah, it's Starlight. It's white. Call it whatever you want. It's white. Doesn't he normally have a big gold sash too? Like that. Often, yeah, yeah. The the losing of the sash was smart. <laughs> that would not have translated well to the screen. Um, I liked the, the the robe and the hood and and the tarnished lightning bolt. I liked the way they did that. That was solid. I did not like the fiddly insignias on his costume. I think it needed less of that. If you want to have some like wear and tear on it, that'd have been fine. But the little the little hieroglyphics or whatever you want to call it that were on that no distracting. I didn't like that. Just make it black. Yeah. Um. But that's the, the small, small thing. For the most part, it's pretty solid. What about the mace? The mace was killer, but that's a prop, so I haven't gotten to that yet. We're sticking with costumes for now? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same category. It's close. It's we're, close. All, we're all in the same point system. So. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's meld. We'll do both at the same time. So let's we'll just blend right into the props as well. Talking about the mace, I thought the mace looked, it was maybe a little too shiny, but... The look of it, the heft of it, the transformation into the axe, man, that was cool. Is that based on something that he does in the comic book? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least not that I've ever seen. Yeah, it was it was like a retractable weapon. Yeah. Where it just magically appeared from a handheld Little nugget. So know? here, the issue really with Hawkman is his background has been presented in so many different ways over the years. The Golden Age is different from the Silver Age, is different from the Modern Age. They all have different backgrounds. And with the resets, they, they have at some times drastically rewritten the character and what it does and what it's capable of doing. So... They had some they had some range to do what they wanted and I liked what they did with that prop. I loved the 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 mask. That was solid. Yeah. Um I mean cuz that that's really what it is. He has the big wings that stick out. I I got to feel like when you're filming that and you and you're wearing that headpiece within the confines of the set, you I I you have to imagine like that doesn't make you feel cool. No. Right? It just makes you feel silly. And you got to, you got to, the people behind the camera got to be like, trust me, when we put this on screen, it's going to look a lot cooler than what it looks right now. And I think presented in person, it it, it wouldn't have looked, yeah, it might have been cheesy, but on screen, I thought it looked yeah. good. Uh, I like the X-Men jet. I mean, the, uh, <laughs> the Hawk jet. <laughs> the first thing I thought, I was like, oh, palatial estate. Uh, rises out of the ground. Yes. That particular shape and design is exactly the same. <laughs> it's like they had already developed an X-Men movie, but then they had to shelve it. So they're like, here, DC, just take this. We've already done all the work. <laughs> and and the fact that the front end just detached, detached and turned into a submarine was... <laughs> <laughs> well, that was some golden age goodness right there <laughs> yeah that was that was interesting and then of course it just got trashed at the end anyways so. well of course it did it's that's what's supposed to happen with those things um the rest of the weaponry was all pretty solid i like the the slight 
technological design with here's the this is a, a, actually a magic missile. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the Dungeons and Dragons one. Well, and then they had the magic bikes too. Right. Those well, those looked a lot like the ones from the comics. Wh- what is the the metal the thing that they're mining? Uh, Eternium. And what is the history of that in the comic books? Well, you know, Rock of Eternity. That's, That's it. Basically, it. And was that more based in the Black Adam Shazam universe? To my memory, it was never again brought up. But I have to, I have to admit, my as much as I've read in comics, I'm a little bit weaker on some of the some of the Black Adam stuff. So I mean, it's possible I've missed some storylines that have that going into it. They did this whole thing with Batman Metal, where there's all these metals, and it's possible they did some. Did some work with that, but to my memory, this was never a big thing. Okay, so it was something that they probably parsed from a, a thing that they saw somewhere and used it as a yeah a a, a prop and not a prop, but like a a, a plot. Well, they line. need something. It's like okay, you've basically got somebody with a power level of comparable to Superman, and there's he doesn't have a kryptonite. <laughs> what are we gonna do to hurt him? We got to come up with something. Oh, the, the magical rock. That will do it. We made a crown out of that magical rock. That's right. Um, so, I mean, all in all, the speaking of the crown looked okay. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't awful. It didn't need to be anything special. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, for the weapons, or I should say for the costuming and props out of a 10, I, with the exception of my dislike of the, the way they changed the Black Adam costume at the end and some of the kind of meh features of some of the other stuff, that's that's a 9 out of 10 for me. I think I did, what, 8 out of 10 on that one? Yeah. Now, you know what's not an 8 out of 10 or even a 9 out of 10, but a 10 out of 10? All the work. An effort that you have put into the website. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Uh, if you have not had a chance to stop by everybodylovespudding.com, you really should. There's so much good stuff there. You can obviously get the episode calendar, see what's coming up. You have direct links to all the podcasts that we've done. We've got links uh, from all the guests from the show, not just to the episodes, but to places that they do their stuff, their own websites, their links to, uh, you know, uh, Instagram or to uh, Twitter or whatever it is they do to kind of get out their next projects. You've got our movie scorecard. All the stuff that we do these reviews on is right on the website. We've even got the pop culture death count. We will count how many people die in these films, or at least, at least I do. <laughs> As a side hobby. How many people died in this movie? Exactly. You can find out. I mean, some of them are easier than others. I mean, they're not all going to be massive. Uh, We all know that nobody died in a Christmas story. (laughs) So that being on the list is not terribly surprising. What about Caddyshack? Caddyshack, similarly, fatality free. Maybe you would be surprised to learn that Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets also had nobody that's right. So that would not only do the they list the kills, but they'll tell you exactly where they are in the film, time stamped. Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, of course, we have the comic movie database. 
every film ever based on a comic strip, comic book that is in film format. We're a little behind uh, on entering some of that. I've still got a little more entry work for a film that's in there, and I've got a couple more to add, including Black Adam. Uh, but maybe by the time this particular recording hits, no, there's no way. <laughs> this is going to hit on Friday. But uh, shortly, we'll, we'll have the rest of that updated as well. Ah, it's good stuff. At Real Pudding Guys, at Pudding Guys is a way to find us on the medias that are social. Absolutely. I'm feeling very social right now. Social. Social cantina. That's right. So we liked the costuming and props generally. What did we think about the locations? There was a lot of dust. Well, it, it was so dirty. Desert. <laughs> yes, dust. It was. Um so this this um let, let me ask you about this fictional location. Kandak, yes. Is this fictional location have a lot of mythos and history in comic book land? A lot? I wouldn't say a lot. It has some. Um it's it's been built upon for the last few decades. So I mean it's, it doesn't go way 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 back. I mean it's like mentioned, but the meat of it has been probably within the last 20 years. Okay. Um but it does by this point have quite a bit uh quite a bit that they've built into it and it's I mean it's it's DC's attempt to put a a, a created country in the Middle East that can get the flavor that that you want but at the same time I think be able to tell a story that has has the ring of truth of what life is like there without directly insulting anybody. Well, and and what are all their other cities? So if you look at Marvel, it's New York, right? That's where a lot of things happen. Yeah. But if it's DC, it's Metropolis, right? So they don't really, except for, you know, he grew up in Kansas. Yeah. yeah. So they hold a lot of the basis in of these cities as comparative things, just not direct naming of those things. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it's, it gives, um, it, like I said, it gives license to be able to tell the story a little differently. Um, I don't have a lot to say on this one. I really liked the way the kids' room was um, done. I thought that had some really nice flavor built into it. The whole apartment was actually pretty solid. Um, the interior of the jet was solid. Uh, not amazing, but solid. A lot going on at times. Yeah. Like to, to try to visually say, hey, this is some high tech thing. Uh, I get it. It's a jet that, you know, fl flew out of a basketball court. It right. was a basketball court. But um, <laughs> it's a little busy. Yeah. It, it was, there was a lot going on inside that. And, and in terms of what locations there were, so we had the greater Kondok area right which was mountains and desert uh there was a border there was some ocean stuff but for the most part it was in the mountains and the desert we did see a scene where they flew him I, it's part of the plot anyway they flew him to the prison underwater so you got a little different scenery from that a little bit. um there's a lot of people in that prison yeah there are tons they 
I feel bad for uh, random people in Red Goose family. <laughs> so, in terms of what we saw, our president, well, there was some apartment, other apartment things, right? I mean, yeah. pretty generic stuff all, all right. around, but the the scale of it looked good when you have this big, gigantic statue and then you see Black Adam kind of hovering in the air as a small little figure in front of it. So the scale part was yeah. was good. They had some good wide shots, some good historical shots. I mean, just all in all, there wasn't anything that jumped out at me as just being awful. Um, and, and most of it was pretty solid. I mean, and like I said, you're blending CGI in and a lot of stuff, and that was fairly seamless. So, I mean, for me, that's an 8 out of 10. Uh, I do believe I did 7 out of 10 on that one. Yeah. Now, this is also going to be a real quick one. We're going to go to the score. I know this is an area where we both um, slightly disagree. Uh. <laughs> yeah, a, a new category for us. Right. So I feel like we've always paid attention to the music, and then it's hard in movies like this to just have things that are quiet, and you have a presentation of whatever's going on. So they have to build a score into it to just kind of keep the tempo, keep the pace, keep the background noisy in a certain sense. Right. And we, we heard a lot of that in this movie. So in terms of current popular music, seeing Bullet with Butterfly Wings, and it was kind of fun. I like Smashing Pumpkins. Paint It Black was a solid choice where it was placed. Uh, the Baby Comeback was pretty funny, although overemphasized. Correct. That was part of the comedy element that we saw in there. And and the fact that his his uh his tape was that song or like though though that grouping of music pretty amusing. But. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it's, it's as far as, you know, that sort of thing, it's it's fine. I think uh, mostly our difference of opinion is the the classical background kind of stuff i thought it kind of blended better than probably you did yeah it just got there were certain areas where so i feel like the good stuff is stuff that you don't notice because it blends and it like i said it helps the tempo it keeps progress going uh, i noticed it in this movie way too many times just because it was so annoying I don't know why I was to say it. It's just like you have a movie. It's got action. You have these things that make th this music that makes s space and time feel like it's going faster or whatever. It was just so cheesy and like ex expected, I guess is what you could say, that it was just too much at times. It was definitely a little cheesy, but I, I thought it I thought it blended OK and I don't think it took away from anything. So I think this is where our scores will differ a little. For me, I thought it got about an 8 out of 10. I said 5. Yeah. That's okay. You're wrong, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we didn't there was one other artist that played a song. I don't I Yeah, I don't want to talk about him. He's he's been all over the news and not in a great way, so we're going to ignore that. We're going to ignore that one. Um let's just jump right into cinematography. Um this is an area where I think we agree a little bit more. Um, because this is, you know, all about how did they cut the scenes together? How did they, um, what camera angles were used? How good was the CGI? Um, 
and I think it all blended quite nicely for the most part. I mean, we've already talked about the only issues with the CGI that we really had. Um, well, I think mentioning that it was only, for the most part, desert, there were some things inside. But if you have desert and mountains in the desert, that you're going to get a lot of bright. Right. And you're going to get, you know, those brown, tan, yellow tones. And you're mm-hmm. going to see that all over the place. And there, there has to be a way to blend some of that in or make it not such a dull palette. And besides costume and props, the, the, the CGI has to have that. The cinematography has to present it in a way that it's not so overbearing. Well, and I think there are two real big things that they were able to accomplish with the cinematography in this that I'm always kind of concerned about. And one is anytime you're going to have a comic book film, there's going to be a lot of fighting. Can I follow along with the fighting? Is it going to get confusing, rough to figure out what's going on? No, I never had any sort of trouble in keeping track with uh, how everything went. I thought even in instances like where they did the multiple um, Dr. Fates, I thought that looked pretty solid. Um, Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes when you have these characters fighting each other in a hand-to-hand method, that if they have had training in the past or if they had a bit of training or they had no training and just kind of like you can tell that on some of these. And I thought in these, honestly, I thought everybody did pretty good. You know, there wasn't a lot of, I I suppose if I watch it again, that I'll notice more of it. But initially in the first watch, I felt like the choreography, the scenes, they weren't so cut them real quick to have to cover up for people's inadequate training. Right. And then the other thing that I thought was going to be really important, considering they weren't going to be able to do Black Adam in the way that I would have wanted it, but they still needed to have him be brutal, somewhat brutal. There were going to be kills, and there are a lot of kills in this film. So how do you square those two things? You can't be bloody, but you still need to convey that level of threat and that level of violence. And I think thought that the way that they did the disintegrations and the way that they did the other kills, seeing the guy fly like 30 miles <laughs> when he throws him, that stuff, that was good. That was a nice way to find as much of a middle ground as you could, and I thought it played out pretty well. Yeah, zapping people is a much cleaner way than kind of, you know, smashing their head in. Right. Which there were some sequences where they had blood but the blood was implied blood right and it wasn't in your face so that part was fine but you there was a couple things that i could tell like when they were doing those sequences and he was just killing everybody i was just like oh that scene they cut short like you you could tell a couple of them because they really probably just mashed faces together and exploded skulls a couple times i'm guessing or snapped snapped more body parts in half or Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's why I go back to maybe when the full the full feature the full version comes out that's rated R and probably 15 minutes longer than this one that I'd be real interested in taking a peek at that one yeah I'm kind of interested on that so for me that brings uh out of a 15 score that's a 13 for me um I did the same thing uh 13 all right, we're about to hit the part where the, the film lives or dies, the writing. 
Um, and as always happens with a film based on a comic book property, there's going to be expectations. Does it match what the comic book fan wants? Does it match what the person that has no idea about the comics wants? Does it match what the people in between want? Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of, there's some tricky footwork to be able to do with this. Now, just a little bit of background. The Shazam character was originally kind of, I won't want to say mustache twirling bad guy, but he, he was a more traditional bad guy back in the golden age. Shazam needed somebody that was of comparable, or Captain Marvel at that point, needed somebody that was of comparable power to be a villain that could be a real threat, and he was basically the antithesis of what he was, and there wasn't too much more to him than that. They added a lot more layers to him in newer presentations. He's a, a pragmatist, uh, uh, a utilitarian to the extreme, and somebody that loves his country more than anything else, the people in his country, and he will do what he needs to do to keep them safe regardless of the outcomes for everybody else. He does not care. You, if you are not from Kondok, you mean nothing. And I will be just as happy to kill you as let you walk away. That is the Black Adam I wanted to see, which was never going to really appear. No, you still got... You, you, I don't know what you got out of him initially. Uh, surprised to be awoken... And then when he was, he was just like, I, uh, he had to defend himself. So we, of course, he just killed everybody. And then he went out to the city. And, this isn't my city. And I think he kind of disregarded it because it was 5,000 years later. And I don't know that he knew that it was 5,000 years later. So he kind of just disregarded it as like, this isn't what I'm here to protect. So he was just kind of like, okay, now doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Not until he was told and saw the saw the statue and there's the character development where he softens, he grows empathy and uh, okay, whatever. We knew it was coming and uh, so they're going to present a softer version of Black Adam and then soften him further. It's like, well, all right, fine. <laughs> it's just like, eh, whatever. That's sarcasm. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like sometimes... Sometimes his his power levels were and and maybe he still hadn't fully developed or learned his power levels. Do do did we really get in the story how long he was the 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 Shazam character, the evolved character back five thousand years ago? They don't really say specifically in the film. They imply that it's a short period. So maybe his powers weren't quite realized even in in this sense where you know bullets just bounce off of him and pretty much nothing can hurt him until something you wouldn't think hurts him hurts him you know and he's strong but he's really strong but then all of a sudden he's just moderately strong you know um and what about his glowing eye anger explosions is that even a thing? i don't remember that being a thing in the comics now I can't control my power. We're going to borrow a little little bit of the Hulk from Marvel to try and give some depth. And eh, now, now, Black Adam is cold. He is calculating. It's not without feeling, but 
he is he is definitely a predator and to remove that from his personality i felt was a mistake i mean i understand again it's the lead you want to have people to empathize with him and maybe that's why you remove it but uh no you didn't need to do it with joker i mean you're able to still have some empathy for him we were talking about that being a great film yeah he was obviously a by the end of it, just awful. You 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 felt, but you knew. Yeah, he's got to go. And you didn't get that at the end here. Like, well, well, he's. There was the storyline of why are you killing people? You need to stop killing people. And I I don't know how in depth they needed to present that because that was an aspect of it and I get it but he just it was like if you're going to present it play it out but they didn't really play it out right you no. know uh, so they made jokes out of it right. I guess so you're you're left at the at the end of this movie besides the post credit scene you're just like okay well, what are you going to do like what you've saved the day now what <laughs> it's not real clear. No, so there, there's just not. If you want it, okay. If you want it to be the presentation, like what you see in the comic books or the cartoons or the video games, where he he's just a straight up like we, you have to go into this movie, I think, with a different mindset. And if you are truly a comic book fan, and you you have to you almost have to let your guard down in a bit in, yeah. in, in that sense and just go into this like, okay, so this is a comic book movie based on a character, but this is the presentation. Oh, by the way, it's the rock. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, can't go in with the, uh, that's why I went in with the expectation. I knew it wasn't going to be the black Adam I wanted to see. Let's see what they do with it anyway. Yeah. And maybe we'll get more of that later on. Yeah. Maybe so. Um, they did, I think, a sufficient amount of character building and background building for their, the Tomas family. Um, I thought they, they had what they needed to be what they needed to do, and their characters were fine. Kind of the same thing with um, Cyclone and uh, with Adam Smasher. They didn't need a ton of intro. They just needed enough to kind of know who they are, kind of what they are, and they'll have a small amount of impact. They chatted on the plane. Right. And... He inherited the power, and she had nanobots put into her. Yeah, and that's tortured when she was younger. <laughs> you get three sentences about torturing. Oh, moving on. Okay, we're good. Um, I I ask you about the presentation of the Hawkman character in terms of the power and the confidence, um, and we saw a lot of that in the movie in a pretty consistent form, yeah. I felt like. Yeah. And it's about the right power level. That You know, I talk about them lowering the power of characters in films a lot. And they didn't for Superman, and they sure didn't for Black Adam for the most part. I mean, they at least left it open to understand that this guy is stupidly powerful, and he's probably capable of doing more than you're seeing. 
and it, it's clear that he's capable of doing more. So, you know, that sort of thing, the power levels are right. Same thing with Hawkman. They got him basically dead on. Hawkman is a strong dude. He's got technology, depending upon which version of Hawkman you're talking about. Um, but um, uh, the big important thing to me was more about the personality and that 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 stern presentation, the extraordinarily serious nature of who Hawkman is, I was afraid wasn't going to come across in the movie very well. But they did. They did great. What wasn't uh, fleshed out very well was the technology and the money and the resources that he had. Yeah, he's not Batman. I don't ever remember him being like a billionaire or anything. And the Justice Society of America apparently has been something that's just been around forever. And that's never been mentioned before. <laughs> not in any of the other movies. <laughs> uh, so, and he's had a relationship with the Dr. Fate character for apparently a while. Yeah. Um, good friends. They, they said it, well, it's Dr. Fate. Kent Nelson said it multiple times about him being such a good friend. Um, but, but why? <laughs> they don't really fill in any of that information. They they mentioned that 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 he was you know over a hundred, but how old's the Hawkman character, right? Yeah. It is and when why is the Hawkman character so tough? The armor that he has on, it's not like it's full body armor. He has no. wings, and then like he throws on a shield. But he's got he's got a helmet. But it's not like if he's getting punched by this all-powerful dude, he gets rocked into a building. He's like, oh, that hurt. Let me get up. Sometimes, depending upon the version of the comic, sometimes it's because of uh, mystical nature. Sometimes it's because he's Thangarian, which is uh, an alien race, and they're just tougher. Uh, (laughs) You know, that sort of stuff. But... um, who knows which version we, this is? We didn't get any of that yet. So uh, who who knows? Okay. I'm I'm going with I think they're going with the Thangarian version just because of the the technology side of it because that's the only version of Hawkman I know of that was really heavy technology wise. Um, but they did nothing with Doctor Fate. Well, uh, he had a alien helmet. Great. Oh, well, he had a vision. He, he had a vision. Okay, so that's current day. But what about before? Um, you don't need any information about him. Yeah, he had a, he had a, he's a, he's a magic guy. Great. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact that, I, I, I'm guessing that the, the magic side of things maybe is just harder to pre- present. I mean, it, it's, they talk about it, but. The, the reason that Black Adam is what he is ultimately is magic. Right. So to have a magic character in Dr. Fate who is you know, a really powerful magic character, but basically just have him almost, it, it almost feels like they presented him here as powerful, but just like novelty powerful. Right, right. And... That was that in itself was disappointing, and at the end where he's just like, like I'm gonna let him kill me. There's no investment. There's no emotional investment. Yeah, like wh- I, what was what was the point? Yeah, you just like well we're gonna do it because uh, Pierce only wants to be in one movie. Like, 
<laughs> okay, I'll buy. I see. Like I would buy that reasoning right. over why they did it in the movie because there was no reason in the movie why he, no. why they did it. That was not a good choice. There just was not enough time to build any sort of emotional connection to that character. If you're not going to give him any background other than I like the Hawkman dude, that's that's just sad. And why was Hawkman able to pick up the helmet, just hold it at his side, and then suddenly project fifty? Hawkman's people's. Yeah, that's. This is a trick I learned from. Really? No, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. Yeah, very. I I saw that at the end. I was like, now you're just. Now you're just playing plot tools and being yeah. lazy. Yeah, it's just that was that was a little frustrating. The general, the general plot structure was pretty formulaic. It's a formula I like. But it was still pretty formulaic. They did not stray very far, uh, take any big chances. Um, so, I mean, you could say that I don't, I don't like the formula, but I don't care what you say about that, and I'll tell you why. McDonald's has thousands of locations, and you know what? People still buy the Big Mac because you know what? It, you like it. You got two burgers. You got three buns. You know what you're getting. It may be a little different from time to time. They might forget to put the cheese on it. <laughs> Every once in a while, you can get a McRib. You right. don't know what's in it, <laughs> but you get some pickles, and it's either 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 it's good or it's not. I guess. But so the for, you're right in that, that sense. The formula is fine. It's there's a twist. You thought this person wasn't a bad guy, even though the whole time you could see he was a bad guy. But like, right. Y- and there's the MacGuffin. It's the it's the crown. We've got to get the crown. We've got the crown. Um, I'm just gonna carry it around in a backpack. Cool, bro. Um, uh, let me let me try to read this. I can read everything else plastered all over a wall, and I can interpret it. Well, let me read this. I think this is what it says. Oh, okay. I didn't think to turn it upside down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the, sure. Okay. I, <laughs> I believe, yeah, great. Oh man, yeah, that was bad. Um, and, the, and th- this is just completely glossing over the fact that they completely ruined the Sabak villain. That was to be expected. This is part of the unfortunate formula of the comic book film. They don't know what to do with the villain other than kill them at the end. It's it's a sad truth. We'll eventually get some writers that figure it out. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, he did get ripped in half, so I, mean, yeah, I guess <laughs> Look neat. that was kind of cool. Uh, uh, yeah, but you get, you got no, like what, how, what was that character? Who knows? It just, it's, like, a, it's an interesting character in the comics. I'm not going to get into it because I'll get mad, but <laughs> it's like suddenly this demon person appeared and then they fought him a little bit and dr fate's like i'm gonna kill myself and then they ripped him in half at the end so it just it just kind of came together real weird and dumb at the end and then but okay so he's like black adam has realized you're right i don't want to hurt people shazam take me in and then they go to the underwater prison and then you'll never like, be able to say another word except 
with the magic that pervades every inch of this film. <laughs> Five minutes later, it's like, we need you. Let's get you out of here. And then, oh. uh, of course, it's like Commando as he runs down the runs towards the water right no one none of these highly trained individuals <laughs> can shoot him i think he got grazed in his arm um and then they are presumably super deep in the water right so he no bends yeah he flies through the magical barrier <laughs> and swims to the top while he's screaming floats to the top because he's dead kind of but then he can say Shazam. Yeah. And all is well. Like the whole pro like is, is this a, supposed to be a redemption thing? I, I I didn't get that whole process. Was it just there to show off the underwater prison and yes. then build in the the character base from the Waller uh, you know, Peacemaker Suicide Squad stuff? Is that why that's there? I'm pretty sure. That's got to be the only reason why. I mean, and I'm only going to mention one other thing. I mentioned earlier when we were talking about one scene that that did drive me a little nutty. Uh, when we w the goal is, it's not just about the superheroes. The dead are rising up. We need everybody to fight, and we'll come and help. So I'm going to give an impassioned speech in front of the yokels, and then we're going to march into battle behind me with the hands held high in the skateboard. It was such a cheesy, crappy scene. Uh, that needed to get cut and then just set on fire. Yeah, I and the dead that were rising weren't dead. They were just... Demons. Demons, I guess. Okay, fine. It looked like they were... You just hit them with a golf club and they explode. Okay, cool. Um, there wasn't <laughs> even that many of them. They're taking over the world. Wait, there's... 12. Never mind. <laughs> and they're only here at this spot right here. I, I don't know. But if he takes the seat, he'll have more. How do you know? Yeah, where'd that even come from? I don't know. Where'd the fact that he had to, to sit? I, I know they were talking about it, but only at the end did it become, don't let him sit in the throne. Like, well, wait, wait, what? Why? They never talk about it. They never explain that. I, I was confused where the importance on that came from. Yeah, that's just dumb. But, like I said, with all the problems in the plot, it's still like a comfortable fast food sandwich. So for me, out of a score of 20, that's a 15. I was a little bit more, not harsh, but like, I, I don't know, just questioning some of the aspects of it. So I gave it a 12. All right, so now is where we get to play with our numbers just a little bit and add any bonus points or take anything away. I personally don't have any, but I know you do. Yes. Um, once again, this is a tool to adjust the total score appropriately. But I felt like we, we knew this because of the trailers and going into it and all that type of stuff that Dr. Fate was going to be in the movie. But simply the fact that they had Dr. Fate in the movie and it was Pierce Brosnan who played Dr. Fate, to me, is pretty cool. Because that's not that's not a character that I think can can play well on TV it's or a, hard a movie. One. It's hard. 
And whether or not you thought that it was presented well, the fact that they put that character in the movie to me was a step in the direction of, okay, like it's not, it's not just about Superman and Batman. Let's get some of these other characters that are actually really cool, have a history behind them. I've been around for, because Dr. Fate's been around for a while, yeah. right? Yes, he has. So it was, I just thought it was cool to have that character in, in this movie, even if they treated it like garbage and killed him off and we'll, we may never see him again, but still. But we did get Superman at the end. For half a second. For for half a second. And it was Henry Cavill. Yes. And we know there's going to be future Superman projects. And obviously it's going to involve... Black Adam in some way. Black Adam in some way. And hopefully Shazam in some way. I mean, there's a, there's a cartoon. There's an animated movie you can watch that's the three of them. So are they going to do the same type of thing? Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Because... If Black Adam just wants to stay where he's at and not bother anybody, then how? Like, what? How? How are you going to? There's I don't no know. motivation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then the scores as they stand with bonus points. We've got Richard with a solid 73, and we've got myself with an 82. So Richard thinks it's in the 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 uh, C area, and I I I liked a little bit better because I like my fast food. I put it in the B minus territories so i think that's a that's about right for uh the way we see the world and the movies therein and compared to the other dc movies definitely one of the better ones yeah now of course we would love to know what you think uh, you can always find us on our uh like we were talking about our social media drop us a line on facebook or on instagram if you think we're completely out of our minds let us know, or if you say, yeah, you're right, or you forgot this one thing, or, you know, you said you didn't know anything about that Mysterium. Here's the comic that it happened in, and it was actually from 1957, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we, we love all that That'd information. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, and uh, until next week, keep watching films, have some fun with it, and we'll come back at you.